This is KMTT, and uh, today we're starting a uh, series in uh, Agadata, Agadot Avraham. This is Ezra Beck, and I'll be speaking every week about one or perhaps two Medvashim from the Bereshit uh, Rabbah, the Medrash Bereshit Rabbah, about the life of Avraham. Among other things, first of all, we'll learn about Avraham Avinu, the way Chazal understood these stories. But uh, more importantly, we will be trying to understand how to interpret Medrashim and the connection between Medrashim and and Pshat. Not, my intention is not to read stories about Avraham Avinu. My intention is to understand how Chazal understood the Parshiyot, which is, I think, the purpose of these Medrashim. And, uh, well, in different ways, in different examples, hopefully by uh, the time we finish, uh, it'll be clear the different manner and the different interpretations that one can, the different methods, different benefits one can get in understanding the pshat of the psukim, the pshat of the parashiyot, by examining the medrashim of Chazal. Okay, today we're going to start from the very, very beginning. The uh, our our uh, field is parshiot lechacha and vayera, and we're going to start the beginning of lechacha. In fact, we're going to begin with the very very first medrash in parshat lechacha. Medrash Rabba, parshat lamitet, medrash aleph, ot aleph. Vayomer Hashem el Avram. And then there's a whole bunch of Medrashim relating to that Masuk. The question that the Chazal are relating to here is, I think, clear. The question is, why did, Avra- why did God speak to Abraham? In other words, Pashat Lechacha begins very abruptly. As almost no other story in Tanakh begins. You have a major actor, Abraham Avinu, and while you know where he comes from, the, the end of Noah gave his lineage and his connection to Terach and the fact that they were journeying from Haran from Ur Kastim but all of a sudden God speaks to him and there's no reason for this speech of God to him especially since God hasn't spoken to anybody as far as we know the Torah since Noah which has in fact the Medrash which we eventually will get to today mentions ten Dorot ten generations God has not spoken to a human being. And all of a sudden, God commands Avraham Avinu to go to Eretz Israel and promises him all sorts of wonderful things. Well, what's the basis? They should have told us that, that there was something special about Avraham, just to compare him to Noah, which in fact is a favorite uh, activity of uh, Chazal, to compare Avraham Avinu to Noah. So God spoke to Noah. But first, the Pasuk told us that Noah was Ish Tzadik, and then God spoke to Noach. It, it, it gives you the reason. But all of a sudden here, the Midrashim are going to try to explain why. What's the nature, the personality of Ram Avinu that explains his entire role in the Torah B'chlal? Why is Ram Avinu Ram Avinu? Why was he chosen? So Yitzhak and Yaakov weren't actually chosen. 
They were children. They were chosen relative to their brothers, perhaps. But we know how they got started. But Rabbi Avinu is coming out of the is coming out of the blue. Rabbi Yitzchak Patach. That means that he began a drasha. He's giving a drasha and he opens up the drasha. This is the, the style of the darshanim. He's opened up by quoting a pasuk from another place, very often tilim. In this case, from tilim perek memhei. You throw a pasuk and then you somehow draw an analogy from that pasuk to the pasuk you're dealing with. So we have this pasuk in Tehidim. Shimeibat uri vahati oznech ushachachi amech ubeitavich. Then the Medrash continues. Amar Rabbi Yitzchak is going to say something. Obviously, Rabbi Yitzchak thinks that this pasuk is talking about Avraham Avinu, which makes sense. It says shachachi amech ubeitavich, just like the pasuk says to Avraham Avinu, lechacha me'artzacha. So what does the comparison to this Pasuk in Tilim add? Very often it will be explicit in the continuation of the Midrash, but, but here in fact it isn't. The statement of Abitzak which follows, which we will read and explain at length in a few minutes, does not in any way refer to this Pasuk in Tilim. So apparently we're supposed to understand the relevance of the Pasuk on our own. So we understand why the Pasuk is connected to Avraham Avinu. Shechachi amechu beit avich, forget your people and the house of your father. Avraham Avinu left the house of his father. But what is Rabbi Yitzhak trying to tell us? I think there are two points. One is the word Shechachi. This I think is the main point. This is the explicit point. In the Pasuk it says, you should leave your father's house. The Pasuk in Tilim, the speaker, says to the bat to the daughter, apparently of Amavino, that he should forget his father's house. And what Rabbi Yitzhak is telling us is the explanation and the nature and the significance of Abraham's Binu's journey from his original home to his new home or to his new place of residence, Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Canaan, which is Eretz Yisrael. You might have understood, and I think in fact it's a, it's a well-based understanding in many, many sources, that Avraham Bin was told to go to Eretz Yisrael because Eretz Yisrael is a very, very special place. There are numerous medrashim which trace the significance and the kedusha of Eretz Yisrael back to Briyat Olam. This is God's country. So when the story of the foundation of the Jewish people, of Am Hashem and Kabbalah to Torah, etc., begins, the first thing is to send he who will be the beginning of Am Yisrael to the place where, which will be Eretz Yisrael. Now, that, that's undoubtedly correct, I think. At least it has many, many sources. But I think Rabbi Yitzhak is bothered by the fact that the Pasuk emphasizes Me'al Tzachah that they told him to go to Eretz Yisrael, fine. But in fact, we know that Avraham Avinu already, together with Terach's father, had set out for Eretz Canaan in the end of Parshat Noach. Here God isn't telling him only to go to Eretz Yisrael, but He's telling him to leave, and it's emphasized triply, leave your country, 
your birthplace, and the house of your father. What the Pasuk and Tidin tells us is that the um, disentanglement, the exile, the exit from the past was at least as important as the entrance into the future. Going to Eretz Yisrael is only one half of the equation, at most. But there's a very, very important part that mean, that's consisting of the fact that he's leaving. Because what does the leaving consist of? Shechechi amech ubeitavich. He isn't only physically leaving. We're not talking about geography here. If it's geography, then going to Eretz and leaving Ur Kastim is the same, two sides of the same coin. But in fact, he isn't only leaving, that is, geographically leaving Ur Kastim. Avraham Avinu is commanded to forget his people, the people who, in terms of birth, are his people, that he is an Aramean, and Beit Avicha, Beit Avich, that he belongs to a tribe or a household or a family that's Terach. And of course, the 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 the, the phrase which is used. In Lechacha, which in fact doesn't appear in Tidim, Mola de Techa, Mola your birthplace, the, the, the phase to us always means more than birthplace, it means your homeland. Abraham Avino, after he comes to Eretzisrael, doesn't have any longer a homeland. And indeed, jaws our ears to think of Amo, his people, as the people of Avam. And that's what the Pasuk is saying. That God commanded Rabbi Avinu to disentangle, to, to, to divorce himself. Not just to leave, but to divorce himself, to actually forget, to wipe it out of his memory. The fact that he once lived and had a family and had a people and had a homeland and had a connection, a tribal connection. No, it's a totally new beginning. And apparently it's because ha baha talia In order for Rabbi Avinu to actually enter Eretz Yisrael. In other words, in order for Amavinu to embark on his new career as being the foundation of Am Yisrael, Am Hashem, Kabbalat Torah, he has to wipe out his previous identity. Avraham the Arami cannot receive the Torah, cannot be the progenitor of the receiving of the Torah. And therefore, and I think it's Pshat pasuk. When Chazal saw the Lech Lecha, Me'artzacha, Me'moladtacha, Me'beit Avicha, and only afterwards, El Ha'aretz, Asher Areka, they understood that it contains not merely a command to move, but a command, not merely a command to move on, but a command to expunge, and eliminate, and delete, and remove, his previous identity in terms of its connection to where he comes from, the people he comes from, the family he comes from. Because his identity now, which will be created by the moving to Eretz Yisrael, is a totally new identity, which requires a totally new beginning and no baggage, no baggage from the past. That's point one. V'shechachi amech u'beit avich. I think another point is being made, or a further point is being made here in this pasuk, 
Listen, daughter. See and pay attention. Tilt your ear. Meaning, not just to hear, but to, but to listen. Listen attentively. And then, In other words, the reason why Avraham Avinu has to forget where he comes from is because Avraham Avinu's going to Eretz Yisrael again is not merely geography, it's not merely residence, it's in order to receive a new worldview. There's something he has to hear, something he has to listen to, something he has to actually concentrate on listening to. Hati oznech. And that's why v'shechachi amechu beitavich. You have to get rid of the clutter in your head so that your head can receive a new message. In other words, right away we're being told that the movement of Avraham Avinu to Eretz Yisrael is not migration. It's education. Avraham Avinu is going to Eretz Yisrael because there he will receive a new message. There he's going to receive the Torah in one way or another. Eventually, I'm going to receive the Torah. And that's why you have to expunge the past because the journey, if you leave country A to go to country B, you don't have to forget about country A. But if you leave country A to become a new person, to receive a new message, to receive new content, then you have to forget the old content. So it's open your ears and empty and empty your mind. Okay? That's the ptikha. Of Rabbi Yitzhak, and I'm thinking again, although there's, obviously this is Jewish, I mean, connecting it to Tillam is Jewish, and, and it's not Pshat of the words, but Chazal think it is Pshat of the sentence. The question is, what does this emigration consist of? And Chazal understood, I think, from the triple repetition, from the emphasis on the leaving and going, and not just the going, that it involves one, of course, their understanding of what takes place later on as well. We know what Avavita symbolizes. And, and therefore, they emphasize that within the Pasuk itself, as elucidated by the comparison to Pasuk and Tilim, we understand that there's more than merely movement of one's feet taking place here, and God, from the beginning, has told Abba Mabinu what he's going through now. He's going through transformation and not merely migration. Rabbi Yitzhak continues, Amar Rabbi Yitzhak, Mashal, to understand what's taking place here, he gives us a mashal, a simile. Lechad shaya over mimakom lemakom. Person is wandering about from place to place. Beraah bira achat doleket. He saw a a large house, a mansion, palace. Doleket. Now, the word doleket, we're going to have to ask what it means. So, in the meantime, for the purposes of translation, it was lit up. It was alight. He saw a mansion alight. Amar tomar shabira He said, this wanderer said, is it possible that this mansion does not have a, a leader, somebody in charge? At that point, the owner of the mansion peered at him and said to him, I am the owner of the mansion. 
כך, לפי שהיה אברהם אבינו אומר, תאמר שהעולם הזה בלא מנהיג, אברהם אבינו also said a similar sentence, is it possible that this world is without a leader, without somebody in charge? הציץ אדם הקדוש ברוך הוא ואמר לו, אני הוא בעל העולם. Therefore the God comparison, the owner of the house, the owner of the world, appeared at him and said, Anihu Bal Ha'olam. What is Midrash coming to explain? What we said before, obviously. The question is, why does God speak to Avraham Avinu? And therefore, before we even understand the simile, what is the answer? Very important, I think, a, a, a tremendously important answer. As opposed to what you might imagine from the Pasuk, that all of a sudden, one day, God spoke to Avraham Avinu out of the blue, Midrash can't believe that. And therefore the Midrash answers that God spoke to Abba Avinu because Abba Avinu asked the question. God speaking to Abba Avinu was a response to an initiative of Avraham. And for that, the Midrash invents a prehistory of Avraham. What has Abraham Avinu done before God spoke to him? This is an invention. This is not pshat in the sense that this, is, this story can be found in the words. Chazal here are inventing what by nature must precede, by necessity, must precede the beginning of the Pasha. If God says, that's a response to a question or a something that Avraham Avinu had said concerning God before and which is expressed in the words Tomar Sha'olam Azeh Belo Manhig. He's looking, God, Avaminu is looking, is searching for the, the leader, the organizer, the, the man in command of the world, and in response to that search, he gets the answer, Anihu Balabira. Now, a lot depends here on the meaning of the word, Biradoleket. In the simile, the man wandering saw a house alight. Abba Mavinu sees the world in the same way and says the same question. Who is the owner of the house? Who is the owner of the world? When I first learned this Midrash many years ago, I automatically, without even thinking of two possibilities, understood that the Birad Doleket was a house on fire. It was alight, meaning it was burning down. And then, the wanderer says, is it possible that there is nobody in charge? What's he really asking? He's saying, why isn't somebody putting out the fire? If you see a house on fire and you don't see the owner, you say, what, has the house been abandoned? I mean, how come there's a fire and no one's putting it out? Where's the owner of the house? It's a question of, uh, why isn't somebody taking charge of the situation and changing it? And therefore, by comparison to the meaning of the simile, Avraham Avinu says, Tomar sholam below manhig, I always understood it to mean that. Avraham Avinu looked at the world and saw that the world was on fire, meaning it was all messed up, it was corrupt, things were going wrong. And he says, where's the owner? Where's the person in charge? Wood manhig is a very important word here. He, he, he's saying, why is there somebody in charge? You should know hig katzon. Why isn't there a person who is the... The, 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 the shepherd of the sheep, the man in charge, the, the, not the owner. He's not looking for an owner. He's looking for a person who 
the responsibility of the owner falls on him. In which case, Avraham Avinu's question is essentially moral. Why does the world, as he met the world, seem to be rudderless, ownerless, directionless? Why are, there, why are the evil not punished? Why are tzaddikim not rewarded? Why is there no hashkachah pratit? Why is there no divine providence? Why is there no sachar v'onesh? Reward and punishment. Why does the world appear to be on fire, burning down, and no one is trying to put out the fires? No one is punishing the unjust. No one is making seder. No one is taking care of the world. Avraham Avinu's heart, Avraham Avinu's conscience is, is crying out for God to act. Now, if that's the question, he tzitz alav bala bira, he tzitz alav bala olam, he tzitz alav akadosh baruchu, he peered at him and said, Ani bala bira. Now, where does God say that? The answer, the, the Midrash is obviously claiming that the first pasuk, lech lecha me'atzacha, is the statement, Ani bala bira. Right? Avraham Avinu asked the question, that the Midrash invents, but the answer is the pasuk. How did God say, I am the owner of the world? When he said, Go to Eretz Yisrael. The way I understood the Midrash, and I still understand the Midrash this way, is, you're saying, where is the owner? Where is God? Where is the responsibility for the world? The answer is, I am responsible. And how am I going to show my responsibility? By saying to you, Lech lecha mi'atzacha you will go to Eretz Yisrael. Oh, it's a long story. But you will go to Eretz Yisrael. You will found the Jewish people. And that will be the answer to your question. There will be Ashkacha Pratit. There will be Sachav Anish. There will be somebody in charge. Not the way you thought. Not because God will come and simply, boom. One, two, three, take care of the world. It's complicated taking care of the world. But the way to take care of the world is to found the Jewish people. The story of the Torah from Avraham till Matan Torah and etc. Maybe the story and history of the world of the Jewish people in the world is the answer to the question who is taking care of the world? Where is justice in the world? The answer is where is the Yad Hashem in the world? Yad Hashem is in the world not universally but through, but through Amisa. Now I think the whole thing makes sense. Avraham Avinu why did God say to Avraham Avinu go to Eretz Israel? That was God's response of saying I am here to, God's, to Avraham Avinu's question where are you? Abraham said, where are you? God said, I am here. Abraham said, where? And God said, here, here. Go to Eretz Israel and you'll see. And you'll in fact not just see, but you will help create. You will, you will establish my presence in the world through Amisel, receiving of the Torah, Jewish destiny, Ali Mashiach. Many years after I first learned this Midrash, I came across a little bit of translation, or I was reading a book, and I understood that the person who wrote the book understood the expression Biradoleka to mean something else. He understood that the house was not on fire, but was merely lit up. Again, they didn't have electricity. Light is, is always fire. So, this other interpretation understood Biradoleka, he came across a house where the lights were on in all the rooms. Nothing bad, nothing wrong. Doleket. Fires were lit in the house. It was a light with light, not a light with fire. 
And in all truth, the, the usual expression for house on fire should have been boeret rather than doleket. Doleket is in any event a strange expression. Usually, well, birat doleket. It's definitely, it's, 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 it's an acceptable, it's an acceptable interpretation of the words. Bivadoleka doesn't mean a house on fire, it means a house that's all lit up. If that's true, why did Avinu ask? Why did the, the traveler in the Mashal ask? Tomar should be Lazu below Manhig. The question then isn't moral. It's not a demand for action. It's philosophical. It's what's known in the history of philosophy as the teleological proof of God. If you're walking in the desert and all of a sudden you see what appears to look like a building you see something that's hollow and it has rooms and there's a candle burning in each room but you don't see anybody you say to yourself there has to be somebody this doesn't happen by itself if the house is lit up there must be somebody living in the house who turn the lights on it's not an abandoned house. It's a house with a person, but where's the person? So the traveler says, is there nobody in charge here, meaning in charge to turn on and off the lights? Not in charge. It's not a mode. There's nobody living here. In charge just means Nimsa, found, who did things. He turned the lights on and off. And then the Balabira, who we didn't see behind because apparently he was in one of the interior rooms or in the attic or under the covers, puts his head and says, yeah, I'm the one who turned the lights on. That's Mashal. What's the Nimshal? Avraham Abinu was wandering around the world and concludes, not from the moral decay and corruption of the world, but he concludes from the signs of order in the world. He sees the stars. He sees the sun rising in the east and setting in the west. He sees trees providing fruit for animals to eat. And he says, wow, look how organized the world is. Surely somebody must 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 be in charge here. And then God says, yeah, I'm in charge. In other words, my question is, is this story in the Midrash a story of moral indignation, a search for moral meaning, or a philosophical search? The Ramam, as is well known, understood that, that Avamabin was the first philosopher. And although the Ramam doesn't believe in this particular proof, the theological proof, he has other proofs of this is from God, but he says that's what Avamabinu more or less did. Avamabinu thought and thought and thought and said there must be a God. And therefore he knew God. He doesn't quote this Medrash. The Raman quotes another Medrash which we, I think, all of us learned in, in kindergarten about Avamavinu seeing the rain. Very important. Want to worship the rain. But then he says, no, rain comes from clouds. He wanted to worship the clouds. But then he realized that the wind blows the clouds. He wanted to worship the wind. But then he realized that the sun is somewhat instrumental in causing the wind. So he wanted to worship the sun. And he goes from stage to stage to stage to stage until he realizes asks something above them all, and that's God. Avraham Avinu as the first philosopher, first theologian, first religious philosopher. I stick to my guns. I think the meaning of the Midrash is not philosophical, but ethical. And this is borne out by another Midrash that comes a little bit later, and I think continues the same line. We just read Ot Aleph, first Medrash of Lechacha. Ot Vav. Rabbi Azariah Mishem Rabbi Acha Patach. A different Drasha. 
opened up by a different pasuk in the same parak in Tehillim, parak Memei. Ahavta tzedek v'tisna resha, akein moshachachah elokim elokecha, shemen sasol micha berecha. Why did God speak to Abraham Avinu? Because of this pasuk in Tehillim. You loved justice. and You hated evil. That is why God, your God, has anointed you from all your friends with the oil of rejoicing. Pasuk is explicit. It says that is why God has anointed you. This Pasuk is talking about Abraham Avinu. Rabbi Azariah Patar Karyei Ba'avraham. This Pasuk is talking about Abraham Avinu. It's explicitly explaining why God chose Abraham. Why? Because he loved justice and hated and hated evil. Because of his moral qualities. And that's what I think the first Midrash is saying as well. Now, in all honesty, we're running out of time. The actual understanding of what about Abraham, what moral quality of Abraham attracted God in Rabbi Azariah is not what you would expect perhaps. Ahavta Tzedek Vatisna Resha is interpreted by Rabbi Azariah not to mean that he liked Tzadikim and hated Rishayim, but in fact that he liked Rishayim. The Rabbi Azariah looks for a proof, a basis for understanding that Avraham Avinu had this, this moral striving and connects it to the story of stone. When Avraham Avinu sought to save stone, so Ahavta Tzedek means Ahavta Lahatzdik. You were in love, you loved to, to justify people, meaning to save people. But Tisnavesha, you didn't want to Lahashia, you didn't want to convict people. And Avraham put himself on the line to save the people of stone, who of course were Vashay. But he tried to save them by finding the good qualities in them. That's why God chose Avraham Avinu. It's a little bit different than we might expect, but it's still my major point. Avraham Avinu's personality, and of course the story of Storm is in the future, but it means he had that quality now already. God saw that quality of Avinu, which will then only be expressed many years later in Pashat Vayera, when the story of the destruction of Storm would take place. But what attracted God to choose Avraham Avinu was his moral striving, not some sort of philosophical discovery of, uh, of, of God. But we presented two explanations, and they have historical antecedents. Again, the Rambam, an important character. The Rambam understands, not necessarily this Midrash, but understands the story of Avinu to be based on Avraham Avinu's philosophical excellence. Since he discovered God, God discovered him. It does, the Rambam's approach as well, does uh, characterize my original point. God speaking to Avraham Avinu is in response. But in response to what? The Rambam's saying it's in response to Avraham Avinu basically discovering God. Not, it's not a demand. In fact, you can understand that the original meaning is almost internal. Avraham Avinu says, if the world exists and is ordered and there's certain qualities, there must be a God. That's the answer. So, and God he doesn't necessarily need revelation. Lech needs revelation. But Avraham Avinu discovered the existence of God. He heard the voice of God when he asked the question because the question demands an answer and the answer is, I exist. And then God says to him, you know, go to Israel and make sure everybody knows that I exist. Uh, disseminate the knowledge of God in the world. But the way I understand the Midrash, of course, it's not in response, it's not the, the, the logical response to a philosophical question, it's the solution to a philosophical, to an ethical conundrum. Avraham Avinu says, 
there is no justice in the world. Where is the justice? There must be justice. And he, he's searching and demanding there must be justice. And then justice has no choice but to finally come and say, okay, I am justice. I am providence. I am mishpat. I am tzedek. And, and that's how Jewish history begins. And then the lechacha is a, is a, not just an answer, but a response. A long and complicated and convoluted response to the ethical problems that Abba Mavinu uh, discovered. Okay, we've read one midrash, one and a half midrashim today. We'll more or less continue in, uh, first of all, in the same vein, exploring this particular notion of Abba Mavinu's connection to Mishpat in another midrash that comes somewhat later. I'm going to skip a little bit. And then we'll go back next week to the follow-up to this question in the midrash, what is special about Abba Mavinu? We'll return to the midrash we started to read today about stone and understanding how Rabbi Azariah understood exactly what particularly about Rabbi Avinu, what was his moral qualities, what was so special, such that he, from among all his friends, all the other people in the world, only he was chosen, only he was anointed by God, Shemen, Sasson, Mechabebecha. Koltov.